You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. This episode is part of our series on attachment theory. Attachment in Childhood with Dr. Nicholas Lorenzini. So in this series of videos, we've been uh, talking and reviewing the concepts stemming out of attachment theory. We all have heard a little bit about this theory because it has become so popular in the last uh, decade or so. I think it's important to revise that uh, the attachment theory, it's born at the beginning with the observation especially of babies and children, not only humans but different animals as well. But today I want to talk a little bit about human-child attachment. Let's remember that uh, what, what attachment actually kind of is, which is this universal primary need to form intimate emotional bonds with the people who take care of you. And it is expressed in a series of like reciprocal behavior. So remember this dynamic between uh, the primary attachment figure, in many cases the mother, but not necessarily, and the child comes also with a temperament or a uh, an innate way of relate to the world in very basic, basic way. And what happens is, given that we humans are born very early in our maturation inside the womb, because actually we have to pass through the uh, birth canal, a big, big head, the big, biggest head in the mammals. And then the dependence that we have with uh, our the adults in our community, particularly mother, etc., right now, means that those first years of complete dependence not only means dependence uh, on a physical level, but also the way that we are introduced into the human world. And the human world is a very complicated world, is every day more complicated, and has to do with the fact of you know, receiving an identity, receiving a way of regulating our own emotions and behavior, and basically to relate to other humans. How does attachment work in this sense? Attachment is usually activated by the experience of fear. They still don't know if that fear stems out of being hungry or thirsty or cold. So we need this adult person as babies that can interpret whatever signal we give them. Uh, usually a cry or a certain movement, etc. And this adult must interpret that signal. That signal is the behavior that comes out of the activation of the attachment system. And what is the objective of that activation? Is for us as biological creatures to survive, to experience the security that a full-grown adult can give us by giving us food, uh, by protecting us against predators, by giving us water, but also by touching us, making us feel comfortable, um, etc. It's not only a physical survival experience, but it's the first regulator of emotional experience. Most of us are going to be, as adults, capable of more or less regulating our own emotions, but as in the first years, is the mom is the primary uh, attachment figure who's going to do that for us. The way that we kind of start learning how to relate, if we are babies, we learn slowly and repetitively how to relate 
to that first attachment figure, mm -hmm. to our moms, to uh, that first caregiver. And the way that we learn that is going to mean that we are going to anticipate how that adult is going to react to our signals. And in that case, we're going to give those signals differently. Mm -hmm. That's what we call attachment styles or attachment patterns. It's really important to know that these attachment patterns seem to be like groups of people in which we can put uh, you know, certain people who have a secure attachment, some people who have a, a non-secure attachment, etc. But the boundaries between these groups are not as defined as we would like. The thing is like we are gonna kind of remain during our lives approaching the human world, the social world, with one of these styles as overlearned, as the one that we use kind of automatically. Mm -hmm. This might happen that with certain people I use uh, um, a certain way of relating, with other people we use another way of relating. This way of um, observing different attachment styles doesn't come from John Bowlby himself, but one of his collaborators, Mary Ainsworth, who uh, was working both in Uganda and Baltimore, observing actually babies. Uh, and she proposed a conceptual model of a way in which the adults will take care of the baby. And it will be that way in which the adults take care of the baby that will be the best predictor in the end of how the baby learns how to behave in front of other humans. These ways of uh, taking care of a baby will have four main elements. One would be uh, the mother is sensible to the baby or insensible to the baby, meaning that the mother or the primary attachment figure um, will be able actually to, first of all, identify the signals of the baby of being afraid and then responding to that signal in a way that at least approaches what the baby needed. Mm -hmm. The other thing would be, the other element of uh, parenting would be acceptance and rejection. How open a primary uh, attachment figure would be to uh, the proximity-seeking behavior of that baby. Mm -hmm. There might be um, plain rejection, there might be a lot of acceptance, and also there might be some indifference in certain cases. All of them will have um, consequences later in life. Another element, the third element, is the capacity of this adult to cooperate or interfere with whatever the child is doing. So, for example, a good way to parent the baby would be, if the baby is doing something or the toddler is doing something, to cooperate with them, to play with them, uh, to share attention with them. And the fourth is accessibility or ignoring the child. We saw a little bit of this in acceptance versus rejection. A parent should be accessible. Uh, a child should need to trust that the parent is going to be there to help me in case I'm afraid. The way in which Mary Ainsworth and colleagues looked at how a baby or a toddler reacts uh, to their parents and in that way trying to ascertain what kind of attachment style that child belongs to, they do it through a laboratory procedure called the strange situation procedure. Observing a child playing for around 20 minutes 
parent and infant first are in this room playing together, it's full of toys, then the, the parent leaves and we observe what happens to the child when he's alone and then the parent comes back and we observe what happens with the child when the parent comes back, if, it's, um, if the child, for example, was anxious or not when the parent left and how, how long they take to actually come down when the parent comes back and especially how fast the child is able to keep playing or keep exploring. So the child might be uh, really anxious when the, he's left alone, uh, but when the parent returns, um, the parent hugs the child, let's say, and in a minute or so, the child is ready to keep exploring. On the basis of the difference between those behaviors, children can be categorized into four groups. Secure attachment, and I suppose you've heard of this before, but what is secure attachment? It's when, when the child basically explores the new environment without problems, while the caregiver is present, while the mom is present in the room. Um, there is obviously some anxiety in the presence of a stranger coming into the room. When, when the mom gets out of the room, also there is anxiety. It's normal to feel anxiety. And then when the mom comes back, the children quickly seek uh, contact again when they return and they are reassured by, the, by that contact and they continue to explore. But there is also non-secure attachment patterns and these are separated into three main ones. The anxious ambivalent attachment, which is a baby that shows from the get-go limited exploratory and play behavior, even when they're with the mom in this strange situation procedure. They tend to become very distressed when the mom goes out of the room and it's very difficult for them to reconcile or to calm down after the return of the mom. They take a long time to do so. The presence of the mom in the room uh, or the attempts of the mom to calm the baby down are usually not effective in reassuring the baby and the baby doesn't keep exploring. There's another, a second kind of insecure attachment called the anxious avoidant. We saw that the first one, the baby gets really, really anxious when the mom leaves. But in this case, with the anxious avoidant children, there is lesser distress from separation, much less. They might not seek contact with the mom even when she comes back. Um, they might not show preference to the presence of the mom than the presence of a stranger in the room. There is a third group, which is the disorganized is a group that experimentally was added later when there were some children that could not be classified in the, th in the three uh, styles I already uh, told you about. And this is the disorganized style in which um, has a little bit of the other two insecure groups. So both ambivalent and avoidant at the same time. Uh, and they fluctuate really fast. So uh, it's an erratic baby uh, that doesn't have a consistent behavior. Uh, they might, when the mom leaves or with the mom, when the mom returns, they might show like bizarre behavior, like freezing, uh, you know, hitting themselves in the head, uh, trying to escape the room. Um, and this might happen even in the presence of the mom. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.